Hello everyone and welcome to Showhoppers. Today, whoa, what's this? What's this? No leftovers on a Monday? Well, folks, sad to say, we are done with the leftovers. But happy to say, we have hopped shows to Ozark. This is Ozark Season 1, Episode 1, Sugarwood. I am Mr. Sal. I am a high school science teacher. I have watched Ozark all the way through, but only once. And I'm here with a former student of mine, Kurt. Hello, Kurt. Hello, everyone. This I'm is the recurring guest. Yes, I'm glad there you go. Guest. He's not a guest. He is the co-host of the Showhoppers Ozark podcast. And he has also watched Ozark all the way through. Actually, he's seen the whole thing through once. And I think you've seen season one and season three all the way through twice. I, so no, so I, I got, I, I, I did, I looked at the episodes. I know now I've seen it all the way through once. I've seen season three twice and I've seen the first half of season one again. Okay. So there we go. That, that, that is the official statement. So this is your third time watching Sugarwood. I've seen Sugarwood multiple times, actually, more than more than that amount. Oh my goodness! <laughs> seen like four times, maybe. So, folks, this is going to be a bit of an adjustment for us because normally we would uh, be watching a show that only one of us has seen. So, we finished the leftovers recently. That was the one that I had seen all the way through multiple times, but Kurt had never seen, so he was watching it for the first time. Uh, we're still working on Lost, which you can hear right on this feed on every Thursday. Uh, and that's one that Kurt has seen, not all the way through, but he's seen everything we've covered so far. But I have never seen, I am watching it for the first time. Ozark is new to us because we have both seen the entire thing. And I think I'm not out of line in saying this, Kurt. We both love Ozark. I, I do enjoy me some Ozark, yes. It has the potential yeah. to be one of my, if not, maybe even my favorite series of all time. They're going into their final season. They've announced it prior to it coming out. Uh, at the time of this podcast recording, it has not come out. And they haven't put a release date, but they've said final season. Very excited for it. and Yeah we are very much hoping that we get to finish covering the first three seasons of Ozark before they release season four. However, if they announce it and we, and it looks like we are not going to finish, maybe we can accelerate it a bit. <laughs> maybe we'll accelerate it. Maybe we'll skip over to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, I also want to want to mention that we, at the beginning of every episode, try to guess each other's ratings for the episode on a scale of one to 10. So you can think of it as the IMDb user rating, but specifically to Mr. Sal and to Kurt. The problem is we each have pretty different takes on what a scale from one to 10 means. For me, I, I'm as like I said, I'm a teacher. So a seven is like a 70, and that's passing, but barely. Uh, a six is failing. So my kind of middle of the road meh episode would be a seven. That's different for Kurt. Do you want to tell them what yours would be, Kurt? I guess I, I question my rating system as of late. I, I don't think mm. I've abided by it. <laughs> But um, or the leftovers was just that good, perhaps. But um, <laughs> five is where my average would be. Five is the meh, and so 
You get more, you get more granularity. You get, you, you can get more precise, not precise, but you can get more increments. The more, the more way to explain your rating from five to ten. Now we have covered about mm, over fifty, less than sixty episodes of television, and I have—I don't think I've ever heard of you giving out a six. Exactly. Have I? So, no, that's where I question the rating scale. Maybe I oh, am also. Yeah, or a five for that matter. So maybe you, you may have given a six to whatever the case may be. I can't remember. I I I can't. I I, I think I'm. A, I've thought about it, but maybe I'm just scared to now give a five or a six. But <laughs> it might be like a very mean thing to do to an episode. <laughs> I have nudged you up. So but... maybe I will. Maybe maybe I'll get more cruel. Well, we'll see. I mean, we are covering shows that we love, so yeah, it makes sense that there wouldn't be a lot of sixes on your end, sevens on mine, so or fives on your end, sevens on mine. Although I've given out way more sevens than you've given out fives. Yes, that's that's what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if you are confused by all this, we have included a handy dandy rating conversion chart in the show notes here. So that you can see if I say, for example, that I rate this episode as an eight, you can see what that would equate to on the Kurt scale. And if Kurt rates it also an eight, that means Kurt liked it more than me. Mm-hmm. And you can you can see that pretty clearly laid out on our conversion chart. We sure. always like to go ahead. Oh, sorry. That conversion chart that took a lot of time, a lot of research, a lot of effort went into developing that, right? Many, I mean, many, it took a lot of weeks. It wasn't a lot of people. It involved. wasn't. <laughs> I don't. I you. I mean, that's a little hyperbolic, but it wasn't nothing. <laughs> I think. Right. I think. I think we. I think it was a big. You endeavor. think it was people, nothing? People think when we eradicated what was what was eradicated polio. Uh, well, it was what we thought, but it's not. <laughs> people thought we eradicated polio, right? We went through endeavors, vaccinating a lot of people, so on and so forth. This was an endeavor, I think, of equal magnitude. Oh, okay. I feel as though. My okay. humble opinion. <laughs> it's, it's a big one, for sure. Uh, We're very proud of that, of that conversion chart, folks. Yes. All right. People came to hear us talk about Ozark, I think. They did. But first, we have to guess each other's ratings, I guess, Mr. Yes. So normally- we will start every episode by guessing each other's ratings now we both know that we both love this show so this i think is going to be not quite as interesting as it was for lost and the leftovers but we'll see how it goes all right so being the host of this podcast i'm going to have to guess your rating first and then you can guess mine hmm okay this the way that kurt does not love pilot episodes he is no fan of pilot episodes. However, I think this particular pilot is very hard-hitting, fast-paced. You get character introductions, but honestly, not much. This is mostly Marty. <laughs> so uh, I mean, we see all the other characters. There's there's a fair amount of Wendy and a fair amount of Dell in this episode, but this is not a lot of character introduction. It's not even a lot of set. Uh, setting introduction because they haven't even gotten to the Ozarks yet. So I, I think that for a pilot, you probably love this episode. I, I don't know that you're going to 
give it as high a rating as, as some of your favorite lost episodes which you've only up, gone up to a nine up for so i'm gonna say you gave this an eight okay don't so i won't reveal my rating i will i'll, okay. I'll get yours first i'll get yours first and then i'll reveal my sure. rating uh I see here, Pyla. I think um, you like your characterization. Right? You like you you like you love the characters. I think more than a plot. Right, you're a character type of guy. You learn about a lot about Marty and his, you know, what drives him, right, and how he feels about the, how how he views the world and uh, money and as a whole. Uh, I you definitely gave it an eight or a nine. I just don't know which one you gave <laughs> between those two. <laughs> Um, we'll see, I'll, I'll go on the high end and say you gave it a nine. Okay. Okay. So I, I'll let you know that I, I gave this a nine. Oh. For a pilot, I would give it a ten. Mm-hmm. Like, like if I was like, you know, compared to the pilots, this would be a ten. Like this is, I, I love this pilot, especially as a pilot mm-hmm. that has no backing material right it's, it's not like it's not like a like a based off a book like the leftovers right you said it's based off a book right there's no material to go off of and people might not already know about it like if, if we get like um like i know this series gotham right based off uh the like batman universe obviously based people, off of everything yeah yeah people will know going into it oh yes this is um uh, commissioner gordon okay like i know gordon is and people you know you kind of went over the characters a bit like even better call Saul. i love better call Saul, but People watching that know who Saul Goodman is from Breaking Bad. At least that's what the hope sure. is. So as a pilot episode with completely new characters, I would give this a 10. Like they, I think they did a great job. Because instead of swamping it with how I feel pilots normally go, swamping it with a lot of background information, right? And learning the people. They only do a very... They do some, right? But then you're right. It is mostly about Marty. And we learn about the characters later as the series you know, goes on. Yeah. And, you know, and... And actually, while while we're talking about this, um, I, I would I would like to just give the qualification to listeners that it seems watching the pilot that this series is all about Marty. I would argue that Marty is for sure the main character in season one. I would argue that Marty and Wendy are kind of co-leads in season two, and that Wendy is the lead of season three. How do you feel about that? Uh, I wouldn't. I w- I don't know if I would say Wendy is the lead. I I would still say it's a co-lead, season three. Ah, uh, I feel pretty strongly that Wendy's the lead in season three. <laughs> we'll have to see when we get there. We'll but I mean, man, you have seen it more than I have, so maybe maybe I'm wrong about that. But uh, and incidentally, there there have only been thirty episodes released so far. So, but my point is that there are other amazing characters in this series uh and i don't want anyone to think that this is like a a testosterone driven series uh i've heard this uh, this series compared to breaking bad quite a lot Mm -hmm. Uh, probably because you have someone who seems like a very straight laced total line type of person maybe even a little stiff Mm -hmm. right um that suddenly gets caught up with in the case of Breaking Bad, uh, he's making drugs. In the case of Ozark, he's laundering money for a drug uh, cartel. So uh, there are those similarities. But uh, I, I I know that one of the criticisms of Breaking Bad is that it is 
very male heavy. I mean, yeah, the two there's... main characters are. I mean, I would argue the four main characters are. <laughs> you know, I mean, Skyler. So Skyler is, you know, may, maybe at best the third lead in Breaking Bad, and at worst the fifth. Uh, that that's not, and she's really the only woman. Uh, Marie is in there. But Skyler's really the only woman with a significant role in Breaking Bad. Yeah, I would agree uh, with that. Yeah, that that is not the case with Ozark. Uh, Wendy and Ruth are huge parts, and then there there are other women that are introduced later in the series uh, that have huge roles as well. I'm thinking Helen, uh, Darlene. You know, there there are plenty of women in this series that have huge roles. Uh, the other uh, thing that I will say, mention is that Ruth, who is a character that listeners haven't met yet if they're just watching this for the first time uh ruth is uh she's won two emmy awards for this performance for this role um so uh i have oh the other comparison to breaking bad that i wanted to mention is that uh kelly dixon who is one of the editors for breaking bad once uh recommended ozark to the creators of breaking bad uh, on a podcast uh so we're talking about peter gold and vince gilligan uh, she recommended Ozark. She said it's kind of like Breaking Bad, but with no patience. And I think that this this opening episode that we get, this pilot episode, is a perfect illustration about how Ozark hits the ground running, and it's a sprint through every episode. Yes, uh, definitely. Uh, we should also take a second to discuss our spoiler. We should. Like, like, let, uh, me, let, me, let, me, let me give my rating first, though. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, so, uh, yes, I, I, oh, I, did I already give it? Oh, you didn't. I, you didn't, you didn't reveal what it was. I, I also gave it a nine. You did give it a nine. So, I did give it a nine, yeah. Oh, wow, so I was right. You were Ozark, uh, Ozark is, there, there's not a lot that falls below a nine for me for Ozark. I, I, Ozark is a very good itch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a niche. It's good at scratching that said itch. There we go. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, so yeah, so let's discuss the policy on spoilers. Folks, we know that some of you may be listening to this as a rewatch, and some others may be listening to Ozark uh, as a uh, first-time viewing, okay? Uh, and we want to ac- try to accommodate both sets of listeners. Uh, so the way that we're going to do this is we're going to, go, we're going to run through uh, the, the, the episode, uh, little summaries and also analysis, uh, as though it's your first time watching through it. And then at the end of the episode, we'll make sure that we're, we very, very clearly state that everything that follows will be filled with spoilers. Okay. Uh, so we'll have our spoiler section at the end of the episode. So you can feel free to listen to this, even if this is your first watch through, uh, and you will not be spoiled. Uh, and we'll warn you when we are about to spoil uh, this, uh, the series. Mm-hmm. Does that sound good, Kurt? That does sound very good. Okay. I even have like a, a separate in my notes. I have a separate section for spoilers. That just, it's not a lot. I mean, the, the spoiler section at the end will not be a, a lot. I don't think. Yeah, we're uh, not talking about the whole series every time at the. end. No, no, no. <laughs> but no. yeah, but I, I did recognize some pretty awesome foreshadowing in this episode that, of course, I didn't catch the first time that I watched through this. So, mm-hmm. we'll we'll. Uh, We'll, we'll, we'll come to that when we get there. But for now, feel free to listen, and you will not be spoiled. Uh, we'll warn you when we are about to drop some spoilers. Okay. So that takes care of our opening reading guess. We've set up how we're going to do this 
uh, throughout the series. Uh, the, oh, the other thing that I want to mention is that at the beginning of every episode, and it's it's a little bit of a jump ahead here because there is a cold open before we get this, but there are always symbols in the beginning of every episode that fall within the Ozark logo. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Ozark logo is the letter O. So it's a, it's a like an, an ellipse, right? Uh, with crosshairs in between it. So it looks like you're looking down the crosshairs of a sniper rifle, right? Yeah. And each, in each quadrant of that, of the crosshairs, there's a symbol that we will see somewhere in the episode that's shaped to look like the letter Z, A, R, and K. You you know that, right, Kurt? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Right, so, so the you have the O surrounding the four sections, the four quadrants, and within each quadrant you get one of the other letters of Ozark. So we will talk about the symbols as well, uh, and I think that to, to stay consistent because i don't think well there usually there's a cold open pretty much every time right i i feel like there is i'm trying to i'm trying to think i can't remember if there isn't but i feel like normally they have a cold open i i do too so do you want to do the symbols before the cold open or after uh well we do it before uh <laughs> i mean it depends on the cold open but we, we can do this one before the cold open sure yeah, I, I think generally we'll do that. Generally, I think we'll put the symbols right in the beginning here mm-hmm. before we even start going through the uh, the summary. Yeah, that sounds fine. So okay. yeah, let's get going and through the symbols. So be paying attention, Kurt, as we go through the, uh, the series to those symbols and see if you can identify what they all are. I did. I did look at the symbols, and I meant to go back and take a screenshot of them, but I did not. But I remember, like, three of them. One note. Oh, I don't. I remember I thought one. So I do have a question about the symbols. Are they supposed to go in order of the episode of like the plot chronologically? I, I don't think they necessarily have to. Okay. In that case, I remember three of them at least. Okay. So do you remember the Z? Well, I remember four actually. You I remember, remember all... which? I can't remember which letter is which though. Okay. So the the, the, the Z, Z is all top left. The top left. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. So I believe that was someone being tied or like someone tied up, held like that. Yeah, it was somebody. Uh, it, I, I always think of this as Marty on his knees begging. Yes. For Dell's mercy. Okay. Dean in the trucking company. Yep. So that's that's the Z. Um, the A, did you catch the A? That, that was the hard one, the A. Is that, is that a skyscraper? It is a skyscraper. And I, I actually did not, I had no idea what it was. I drew a picture of it in my notes. And then I, I got kind of lucky that I noticed it in the background. It's just in the background of a shot. Oh, that a specific skyscraper? I just that, thought it had something either to do with them. Um, uh, you know, they were looking for uh, office space, uh, yep. Bruce and Marty, or if it was to do with uh, what happened to um, Sugarwood. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, uh, you, it's, Sugarwood's view out of his window is that skyscraper, okay. and it turns out that is the John Hancock Center in Chicago. Okay, so good for yep. John Hancock. <laughs> Correct. So, so that's that's the A. The R, which I feel like they use this for R more often than not. Yeah, it's just a just a gun. A gun. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, we'll assume that it was Dell's gun, uh, and then the K at the end. Did you catch this one? 
this is this someone laying down like flat like they had almost fallen out of the building that's what i gathered yeah <laughs> in fact I, I think it was sugarwood in the process of falling out of the building yeah. <laughs> I think he was upside down and falling so yeah all right so those are the symbols and those are the things to look out for throughout the episode of course we we've identified where they happen and then we get right into this cold opening okay uh this is Marty. That's the name of this character. We, we will come to find out is Marty Bird. And it's basically this opening, this cold open is his, it's basically a dissertation on money as he transports and hides it. So he's transporting money, he's hiding money, and he's talking about money. And we don't know if he, it's, it seems like he's talking to us. Like, mm-hmm. this, is, like this is just a voiceover of uh some omniscient narrator talking to us yeah maybe he's thinking about it in his head as he's going along but yeah mm-hmm. he's directing us or talking to us directly yeah and i'm not going to go into all of what he has to say i did pick out a few things that i thought were really interesting uh he says money is about the american work ethic and he talks about four tenets of that American work ethic, patience, frugality, sacrifice. And these are, I'm sorry, three tenets. These are all choices. Okay. Patience, frugality, and sacrifice. He says, money is not peace of mind or happiness. It's the measure of a man's choices. So how do you feel about Marty's relationship to money? He's got a very like, he's definitely got an extreme point of view. For sure. (laughs) He's definitely got an extreme point of view. Um, it reminds me a lot about a, well, I don't know. It reminds me of a, the character Gale in Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. and his point of view or why he does what he does. Right. Okay. Well, he, without, I don't know how much you can say about that without spoilers. Yeah. Breaking Bad, but yeah, I don't. So I, I'm not gonna go too. Uh, I guess I won't go too much more past that because I, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think it's really that much of a spoiler, but I, I, that's all I'll leave there. I guess. Right. He gives mm-hmm. his reasons for why he does what he does. Um. So I guess for those people that know it, there you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll leave it there. Yeah, this to me is a very, a very conservative viewpoint. Definitely, it's definitely much more like you know you, uh, you get, you reap what you sow, right? Like you work yeah. and you get what you do. The more you do, the more you get. You know, if you, you got to make the sacrifices if you want to get anywhere. So, yeah, which I agree to an extent. Uh, how much of an extent? Probably not to Marty's degree. <laughs> Not tomorrow. Marty's probably on a very extreme end of it, but yeah, at least for now, I I think Marty, you know, hasn't had anything really traumatic happen to him yet. (laughs) So we're going to see how Marty feels about this after all the trauma he suffers in this episode. Mm -hmm. So, well, yeah. Anything else you want to say about his dissertation on money? Uh, no. Okay. So turns out this is not some omniscient narrator talking to us. He is meeting with potential clients because he is some sort of investment banker. Yeah, some sort of financial advisor yep. uh, figure. Yep. Uh, and he's meeting with these potential clients. He, while he's meeting with them, he gets this email that says, do not open at work yet. He does it anyway. So what I, I, mean, I remember when I saw this for the first time and I saw him watching this at work I was like, what is he doing? Like, this is, is he watching porn? 
Yeah, me too. I was like, why is he so? Well, I, I was, what, what, what's, why is he just watching? <laughs> Who sent this yeah. to him? Why is he just watching, like, porn while he's at work? And he's just talking yeah. to clients. He's just, why is that? Now, having seen the full, after you see the full episode, it makes much more sense why he's looking at it. It's not, you know, he's not getting a oh, kick yeah. from watching porn. He's, I'm probably much more devastated, or at least, you know, upset. And, sure. Yeah, it's his wife cheating on him. Now, we don't know that yet, but. We don't. Uh, and I'm sure that he recognizes the sender of the email. He knows what's inside this email is something that he has paid somebody probably quite a bit of money to find for him. So even though it says do not open at work, he just cannot resist. Mm-hmm. Like he, he needs to know right now. Uh, and his partner, Bruce, walks in <laughs> and obviously sees it. And he has the same reaction that we have. What are you doing watching this amateur porn at work for? Yeah. Um, but this is his partner Bruce and he comes in he basically hard sells this couple into enrolling with them right then and there yeah yeah good salesman <laughs> yeah by the way did you recognize Bruce the actor no okay where, where am I supposed to recognize him from I'll tell you on Thursday oh <laughs> For those of you listening whose minds may be fluttering in disbelief. You have to wait for Thursday if you're yeah, listening to the Law podcast. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I didn't even have you made it. the connection now? No, I'm just pretending yeah. I have. That's that's a shame. <laughs> okay. Well, the seed has been planted. Remember, Bruce. Okay. For Thursday. Okay. But. So after he hard sells this couple to join them, uh, they go and look at a new place because they're trying to expand operations. Mm-hmm. And this is a, a really stark juxtaposition between Marty and Bruce. Kind of makes you wonder how they got into business with each other in the first place because Marty is very hesitant about this. He's clearly demonstrating the patience, frugality, and sacrifice that he talked about in the opening, whereas Bruce is gung-ho, ready to go for this. Yeah, uh, yeah, we see how... The differences between the two. Yeah. Yeah. He wants it very badly. He also calls out Marty for watching the amateur porn with clients in his office. And then Bruce tells him about the Lake of the Ozarks. Now, I, and I've seen this a couple of times now. Is he saying that he just went there and just got back or that he is going there? What is Bruce's relationship to the Lake of the Ozarks? Uh, well, he said he went there on vacation. Or like he did? He went, he went to, yeah, I think that's what he, I think he said there he went there with Liz. And then he recommends okay. that Marty go out there, you know, enjoy himself, and then starts pitching uh, to Marty, like, hey, also, uh, it's a good investment opportunity. Okay. That's what I think he said. I, I, I'm pretty sure he said he went down there with Liz and they had a great time. Okay. Gotcha. Then, but he might have also went down there because he thought it was a business opportunity as well and wanted to scope it out. But yeah, I know he goes down there with Liz. He's like, okay. Thank you. All right. So he tells uh, Marty about the Lake of the Ozarks. And this is important because this is going to be what saves Marty's life later, gives him the brochure and, and so forth. Now, I think that if you don't know the title of the series, which of course you do, then. You, this would be really easy to just dismiss and, and you wouldn't even pay attention to it. But because you know the title of the series, you know this is going to become important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that's a great place. Mr. Sal, wouldn't you go there? Let me tell you something, Kurt. Uh, I don't know if I would, 
<laughs> I don't know. Either. Well, I, I don't. I, I never want to live on the coast. Like I don't want to be too close to water. It, well, th- I mean, this is a lake, though. This is not the ocean. Yeah, but can lakes flood? Yeah, they can. Like, oh, they're they're, same thing. <laughs> more easily than the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I actually, I do. I don't really have much of an interest in going to the Ozarks. However. The Ozarks as a setting is one of my favorite settings for television. for television and movies. My God, I, I I I could watch every series that I watch could be set in the Ozarks for for all I care. It is it is a great setting choice. I wonder uh, how great the tourists are like you know uh, how much tourism in the Ozarks boomed after Ozark. I I don't know. Like, I kind of so, want to go visit the Ozarks. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I, I don't know if I do or not, but you know, I, there's there's a movie called Winter's Bone. Have you ever heard of this movie? Never heard of this movie. Okay, Winter's Bone is Jennifer Lawrence. You know Jennifer Lawrence? Yeah, I know. Yeah, okay. just, uh, Hunger Games. Cat. Yes, exactly. Cat Celebrity. Yeah, the, her debut was in a movie called Winter's Bone. She got nominated for an Oscar for it. Uh, she's amazing in that movie. She's That's only, her debut. Yeah, I think she was only 16 when she made that movie. Uh, but it's all it's set in the ozarks and just the place alone and the people who live there are so interesting and this i feel the same way about this series they they are the the setting is almost a character in and of itself i it's kind of the same way that i felt about uh miracle in season two of the leftovers Mm -hmm. yeah uh, or jardin whichever way you want to call it 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 doesn't matter it's the same place um but so some series have a setting like that where the the setting is almost a character uh and i i feel like the ozarks which we haven't even seen yet uh will become that certainly those i mean it it, it's a very alive and bustling place like the the setting that moves the setting moves around the main characters a lot like they have a lot of interactions with the things that happen and so on and so forth Mm -hmm. no it's not static I okay. guess it's a big part of being a, you know, trying to launder some money. Yeah, and I had I had forgotten that this episode does not even, uh, except for the last scene, does not even show us the Ozarks. Yeah. So, oh, I guess the opening, the opening and the closing. Oh yeah, you're um, right because we had that like uh, during that dialogue part. But you know, I'm, I'm I I it, like that's one reason I really like this premiere because it it this. This premiere gives us some background. It gives us background a lot on Marty, uh, his volitions, and then why he's coming to the Ozarks, right? So when we see episode two, when they're at the Ozarks, we know why they're here and, like, the whole driving motivation. The series could have started with them running to the Ozarks and maybe we learn why they ran here, mm-hmm. kind of. But and I, I like the way they did it this way. Of like, okay, this is why he's going there. We have this whole episode about what's going on, how it's going on, more about him now. Yep. Next episode here, here are those arcs. So is I I like it because instead of introducing so much into the pilot, we get like just bite sized chunks of more and more things. So the next episode will get more characters and more settings, mm-hmm. and then yeah, enjoy that. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so next, anything else you want to say about the office scene before we go to dinner? Uh, no, no. Okay, the next uh, scene is this very very high tension family dinner. <laughs> It, is, it goes from zero to hundred very quickly. Oh man! <laughs> and, and really, you know, and all it takes is this one scene to let you 
in on the family dynamic of the birds, which is not great. Uh, jo- Jonah doesn't want to go to a. Jonah's the young, the son. He's he's uh, probably eh, I don't know what middle school. It looks like middle school. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Jonah doesn't want to go to a dance. His his older sister Charlotte, who we learned is fifteen, yeah. right? I have no clue. She, I just know sure she's like in high school at some yeah somewhere pretty, in high school. Pretty sure they say she's fifteen. Oh. Uh, Charlotte gives him a hard time about not wanting to go to the dance. Wendy's Wendy talks about her day in this very passive aggressive way of I went to Costco and then I did the grocery shopping. It was very exciting. Uh, you saw that as passive aggressive. I mean, right? yeah. Well, I mean, also because the, the, what starts that her, you know, explaining her day is she, you know, she wants to reset all the bickering going on. Hey, let's all stop. She tries to calm the situation and she asks Marty, "Hey, how was your day?" He just yeah. all he does is, "How was yours?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just, uh, just flips it back at her. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Wendy, by the way, is Marty's wife. Uh, Charlotte and Jonah's mother. Uh, and Charlotte wants $10 for a fundraiser for her friend. Uh, it's a fundraiser to benefit psoriasis. Well, not to benefit psoriasis, but to benefit <laughs> psoriasis treatment, research, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. A benefit for a, for a disease or a cause, like a, like a breast cancer benefit. <laughs> yeah, it's not for breast cancer. We're trying to spread breast cancer. <laughs> But, yeah, yeah. Marty will not give it to her. Ten dollars won't give it to her. Dem- would you? Would you give ten dollars? Okay. Good question. I mean, come on, would you? Like, I mean, no. Nah, I'm, 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 I feel like I feel like ten dollars is especially. I don't know. I, 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 they're trying to show Marty as a real stickler. Yeah. Right. So, Just- this is his frugality, right? This it is, is his frugality, one of his yep. three tenets. Yep. And he is certainly frugal. Yeah, I mean, ten dollars, not a lot, uh, especially with the money he's probably making. I mean, oh yeah, I mean, ten dollars <laughs> can't be a lot. I, uh, but I, I enjoy, I, I like his frugality. I think it's just, I think it's an interesting characteristic how frugal he is because he drives uh, what is it ten year old uh, Camry. Ten year old oh yeah Camry. yeah yeah Bruce puts it well then the skyscraper very frugal man and the, I think this is like a very I mean this drives it home so yeah it it sure does and now we don't know all the ins and outs of this it, it, the way he describes it she asks for money every week and it just keeps you know. It never ends, and he, maybe he doesn't believe her. Uh, he also doesn't seem to think that psoriasis is uh, something that should be fundraised for. <laughs> I mean, so. just some itchy skin. Yeah. So, so anyway, uh, Wendy though doesn't mind uh, giving her the money, but Marty uses the argument: she's 15 years old; she needs to learn the value of money. So, this is clearly important to Marty. Yeah. And I can understand wanting to instill that into a 15-year-old, you know, kid, wanting them to understand the value of money. Mm-hmm. But the means, I don't know. Maybe maybe Charlotte does that way too often, and maybe she is lying. That is true, though. So, well, who Marty knows? He's a pretty smart guy. Yeah. He seems to catch on to things pretty well. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to say about this dinner scene? No, but I do like the dinner scene. I like this dinner scene as an introduction to the rest of the family. Yeah, and I mean, this is really, I mean, 
all the introduction we get to this family. <laughs> yeah, but I, I like I, I yeah, but I enjoy uh, oh, everything is Marty centric except for Sugarwood. Everything else is Marty centric, and I guess also we meet the uh, federal agents at the very end. So, but oh, yeah. uh, for the most part, everything's very Marty centric, and just how they interact with Marty. Yep. But I think this is a really effective scene. Like it is, it tells a lot. Yeah. But so later that night, uh, Wendy is watching TV and Marty is in there with her, although he's on his laptop watching the porn video again <laughs> with Wendy in the room. And I love this camera shot where we can see Wendy, actual Wendy, and we see uh, her turn around on the video Marty's watching. We see that that's also Wendy. So they put the two faces right next to each other, which is I, a really cool shot. I mean, yeah, that was like, I. so I was thinking, eh, I mean, Marty, you're kind of, I mean, not, I don't know if I want to say creepy, but you're a bit weird, right? When he was watching porn well, in yeah. his office, I was like, he's kind of a weird guy. Also, who's yep. emailing him? Like, yeah, like what? Like what? This is kind of weird. Well, the yeah. sec the second I see him, you know, looking at the video and that you know that it's Wendy, I'm like, oh, oh, <laughs> poor Marty. I'm like, oh my god. Oh, I know you, it's an instant turn. It's it's like, what I'm is this guy doing? Like, what a jerk! Yeah, and now suddenly sympathy. Like I'm like I don't know how much I like Marty. Like I I enjoy watching him, but I don't know if I would like like to hang out with Marty as a guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I don't know how great of a person he is, but after this, I I feel much. I feel a lot more sympathy towards Marty, and that, oh, oh, poor Marty. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But he he does not let on to her that he knows about this. Mm-hmm. He he keeps it to himself, and and she's you know she even asks, "Do you want to change the channel?" He said, "No, I'm watching something here." Doesn't ever say what it is. But that night, uh, he goes ahead and and he kisses his kids goodnight while they're sleeping, uh, and he leaves and picks up a prostitute supposedly seems like he picks a a prostitute and this prostitute seems to know him very very well right down to (laughs) i love this i mean at first i'm like "Ah, i mean okay whatever whatever you feel like doing i guess marty if you you know i guess it's a real stressful time you you're you've confirmed your wife's cheating on you but but yeah (laughs) this like this i mean he is fantasizing about this prostitute and Oh yeah, what, and, what his fantasies are is just basically dirty talking, but about finances. Too. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, so oh. funny. It's it's like it's, I mean, she she goes right down to the acreage of his of the land that they own. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it, never I, missed I, the mortgage I, payment, Marty Bird. Yeah, but you know it's funny. The first time I saw it, I, I was like, it's, "Is this somebody? Does he pick her up all the time?" Like is the, maybe he's a regular. Maybe she really does know this much about him. No, no, no. I yeah, I, I realized it was a fantasy at first. Okay, I mean, so far I, I believed it as it was going, and then you know she gets more and more into it. Like, um, no, I would I like she kind of starts reading it really well. I'm like, wow, and then she starts talking about like the second she said, and you've always paid your mortgage payment, I never missed a mortgage payment. I, that's where I think that broke me. I was like, wait a second, this is like this is this is a bit suspicious now. Yeah, this is all just a fantasy, but uh, oh well. <laughs> he's he's broken out of the fantasy by the prostitute herself, tapping on his window, saying, "You gotta get out of here. You can't, you know, jerk off here." Yeah, I can't beat this. Uh, this is a workplace. <laughs> yeah, this is a, this is a workplace. That's right. 
man. But I, don't, I don't know if she. I don't know if she's an actual prostitute. It's. <laughs> it seems like. Well, I think she's. I think she's. I, I definitely. She's a yeah. yeah portrayed to be. Definitely yeah. see. And uh, we get a chirping ringtone. Did this uh, did this like trigger anything in you when you heard this ringtone of of the the chirping cricket? Oh, cricket! No, I didn't. I, I had not thought. I, I forgot the ringtone already. I didn't even realize it was a uh, cricket. That's a but... Yes, there's a, a a very significant chirping cricket ringtone in the leftovers, folks. So, uh, so it instantly triggered that for me, but it, it has nothing to do with the leftovers. That's just Marty's ringtone. And it is Bruce, his partner, and he needs Marty at the trucking company. Uh, Marty's, Marty says, no way. There's, there's it's middle of the night. No, definitely not. But as soon as Bruce tells him that Dell is there, Marty instantly says, okay, and goes. I, I have to admit, the first time I watched... Uh, the show when he said Dell's here, I thought they meant Dell isn't like the company, oh. <laughs> the Dell company, like as if they got some big deal with Dell. Okay, huh? I was very confused. I was like, oh, I mean, very weird. <laughs> I was that very is... confused for like a minute until until he like walked in the room. And was like, okay, wait, Dell's a person, not a, not like D L L. It's D D E L. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I didn't even think of that, but interesting, huh? I mean, I think it's just a pretty stupid thing, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> just, just thought it was just whatever. Anyway, so I don't know about you, but to me, this introduction of Dell, without him even being on the screen, like instantly makes me scared of Dell. Oh yeah, very scary introduction of Nah, I'm not. Nah, I can't do it. I mean, it's too late, so on and so forth. But Dell's here. I'll be right there. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I'm already outside the door. Yeah, I mean, we know these two are self-employed, so this is not their boss, as far as we know, uh-huh. right? So, so we all we know is that there's somebody that scares Marty into going there, and and that is, it's a really effective way to do it. I love this. So when he gets there, Dell wants to know where his five million dollars are. Marty seems very, very confused. Uh, we learned that this trucking company. Uh, collects and transports money for Marty and Bruce to launder. Okay. So we don't really know where the money is coming from or going to, but we know that now that Marty and Bruce are laundering money and this trucking company is is involved. Uh, And Dell tells them that Marty is basically what he says is that Marty is the best money launderer in the world. Yeah. You can make so. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't use those words, but he really builds Marty up. Here. He does. <laughs> like he would give him a, probably a glowing reference if Marty were to work for another cartel. I would think. <laughs> yeah, if yeah. Could do that. Exactly. And then Doug proceeds to tell the story of his father, who owned a grocery store, and there's this woman Carlotta who was so close to the family they called her Aunt Carlotta, and he. His father caught her stealing $5 from his parents at the grocery store. Uh, and he asks all of them, Hanson, who's the owner of the trucking company, Hanson Sr., what his father should do. He starts with him. And Hanson Sr. says, uh, give her a warning, put her on probation. Right? Yeah, for $5, yeah. Yeah. Bruce, uh, give her a second chance. Now, they all know that they are... Carlotta in this analogy. Yes. 
So, so they are telling Dell exactly what they are hoping he does for them. Yeah. Well, Michelle, what would you say to this question? Okay. So, I. Uh, okay. Let me let me ask you to clarify that a little bit. Do you want to know what I would say to this question if you asked me right now? Or if Dell asked me in that situation. Both. I, I, I did mean if Dell asked you in that situation, but I am also curious to how you would answer the question, okay. honestly. All right. So uh, I, I think that if I owned a business, uh, if I caught somebody stealing, they'd be done. That, yes. the, zero, zero, no second chances. I, I, I'm with Marty's point of view on this. I think Marty is correct. Yeah, yeah. No second chances. Um, <clears throat> the trust is gone. Yeah. Uh, and so that I, I worked for, I worked for somebody once who did tell me if I ever catch you stealing from me I'll fire you instantly. <laughs> so, so. But were uh, they bluffing, Mister Sal? Well, I don't know. I never stole from them. So. I mean, you can admit it now, Mister Sal. I did. I, I, however, I do know another employee of that person who did steal from him, and he did fire him instantly. So. <laughs> Well, maybe maybe that person was um he was paid off to Steve. Hey, I'm gonna hire you. You work for me for some time, and then you steal from me. I'll fire you, and that'll 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 get all my employees in line. No, maybe I don't know, but anyway, uh, it was uh so so I I think you asking me right now now if it's somebody that is is basically family that might change the situation you know if she's worked for me for years and years and years and and my kids are calling her aunt carlotta you know i might say you know how much do you need i will help you really that that that's that's the way you go i think that makes it even worse for me i think i'd be even more angry because my assumption so i i'm actually on the marty train of if you steal from me if i've caught you stealing I will just assume that you've stole from me before, mm-hmm. right? Especially if it's been this long. Why steal? Like you just started stealing now. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I find it hard to believe that this is the first time you stole from me. It might be, but I don't know. Maybe you didn't. Like I can't, I can't trust you now. I can't just believe you. So. Hmm. All so right. I, I think that would actually make me more angry if I had if they were a long time employee and a family friend and they still stole from me. Oh okay. I'd be like, huh. Interesting. Interesting. The big betray of trust. Yeah, it is. You're right. So. Uh, now, if Dell asks me this, and I know that he that I am Carlotta in this situation. Yes. So I guess I have to. I'd have to look at it from, you know, Bruce and the uh, and the the trucker's standpoint, and also from Marty's standpoint, because I, I'm reasonably certain Marty knew nothing about this. Yes. I. I yeah. I was I was trying to surmise like I I've surmised been watching this is was Marty actually a part of it and there's one little tidbit that makes me wonder if he was part of it at the and we'll talk about that at the very um, at the end uh, okay but yeah I have I have always assumed that he was not me too I think I I, I do believe he was not but I I've wondered if he is BF I if I'm pretty confident he was not okay so if I'm Hanson or or Bruce. And Dell asks me this, I probably would say exactly what they said. So see, this is, I so I I saw a clip 
of a judge, like it was a guy, he was um, being, uh, it, it was a very heinous crime he did, right? It was uh, something to do with his kid, and he was facing life in prison, and basically the prison, like, and he he was arguing that he had done nothing, he didn't harm his kid, uh, maybe, I don't know what happened to his kid, I don't know if his kid passed away, I don't remember that, but he was saying he wasn't the one that did that, that's what he was arguing, and so the judge asked him, okay, to whoever did it, what should the punishment be? And the man said, you know, the harshest, you know, lock him away forever. And then the judge locked him away forever. <laughs> like, okay, then you, you get, you know, life in whatever. Or at least, I mean, that's, I don't, I don't quite remember it. But I feel like if I'm in this situation, and if, even if I know I'm guilty, I feel like I would say what I believe anyway, because that's what an innocent person would say. Like, I would say the worst punishment for me if I really don't want to get caught. Like, I would say you get rid of them, Dale. Right? If they're stealing from you, you get rid of them. Because okay. I think that's what a more innocent person would say than the Carlotta answer. Uh, well, well, I mean, give him another chance. But in the it, moment, though, I don't know if I would think about that. Okay. So we have an innocent person in this room, and it's Marty. So if, if I'm Marty in this situation, I probably do something similar to what Marty does, although not exactly. I... I, I I would not accuse Dell of fishing. Like that, I wouldn't accuse him of anything. Like, yeah. I, I, like that's that's a recipe for death. But uh, but I would probably say something like Dell. I, I know you're 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 putting me in the role of Carlotta here. I am not her. I did not steal from you. Like like that's that's what I would say. I wouldn't even answer the question. I'd be like <laughs> I did not steal from you. <laughs> so, right, fair, fair enough. But. That is not what Marty says. Marty says, you're fishing. We aren't the problem. This ruse is beneath you. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Marty, do you want to die? <laughs> I mean, he was bang on right, though. I know, he was. <laughs> but that, I mean, that is gutsy. This ruse is beneath you? Yeah. Wow. You're better than this, Del. Come on. Yeah. Oh, man. But... Dell, in response, goes and shoots Liz through the bathroom door. Yeah, she went to the bathroom and yep. uh, shot her to the bathroom door. Uh, you, you're kind of left to question, you know, did he actually shoot her? But then he shoots again and you hear a thud. So. Oh, yeah, she's gone. Very, very clearly. We're about to see that she's gone. <laughs> yeah, and then we very... <laughs> then uh, they whisk him off. Yeah. Yeah, well, Hanson Jr. spills the beans here and says that his father had nothing to do with it. It was all Bruce's idea. Uh, and they pull everybody outside. And I love watching Marty in this. Yes, because he's just kind of sitting there watching. Uh, yeah. Senior's begging. Senior's begging. Yeah. They're trying to release the reason. But Marty just kind of looking and, I guess, observing. I mean, he's still kind of panicked, but... Yeah, but when they come to take him, you know, he doesn't struggle or anything. He just nods and, and goes. Yeah. Uh, I think he recognizes the gravity of the situation. But... Hey, no, he's no, no point. It is futile yeah. to struggle where he goes. Exa yeah, exactly. So, but they take them all out into the parking lot of this trekking place. And <laughs> before really any real dialogue happens, we see them dragging liz's body out and putting her in a barrel to dissolve and uh then they kill the hansons and 
Dell go, goes into this. Oh no, they didn't. They don't cut the Hansons yet. Dell goes into this litany about what he hates about Chicago. Well, actually, first he talks about what he loves about Chicago is the Mexicans, right? Yes. Makes him feel at home. So we we now have ascertained that Dell is Mexican himself. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And what he hates about Chicago is all the Mexicans. Yes. <laughs> he calls Chicago the drug home of the U.S. That'll be a really annoying guy if I go on a date with. So I love Chinese food, but I also hate Chinese food. Like, oh, come on, man. Like, what do you want then, dude? Well, I, but I understand what he's saying here. I, yeah, like, yeah, he's a good. Yeah, this, this is, you know, he, he loves that it makes him feel at home, but the problem is that it attracts the DEA, the ATF, the FBI. He says they're all circling like buzzards. And, that, I mean, that that is a nice setup for what Marty is about to do. Yes, this, this, this rant is yep. Marty an opening. Yes, exactly. So, uh, but they go ahead and kill the truckers anyway. At least he gives them some a, a bit of dignity. The father doesn't yeah. have to watch his son die. No, he he goes first, like a second first. Right? Yeah. Uh, by a second, I mean the unit of time, not second, as opposed to first. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so th- so they're gone, and then he does get Bruce to crack. Bruce tells Dell exactly how they stole the $8 million over the course of three years. They, they adjusted the fuel gauge on the trucks so that uh, they could uh, read, they'd read a little lighter. Right. Yeah. And that allowed them to steal some, so a little bit of money in every load. Yeah. It, it would read with, it would read full with eight gallons light. Yep. Yeah. And so over the course of three years doing that, they stole $8 million. Okay. Uh, but he says, he tells Dell that Marty had nothing to do with this. Mm-hmm. And Dell just shoots Bruce. Bye-bye, yeah. Bruce. As he's apologizing to Marty, shoots him. Yep. Goodbye, Bruce. So, do you well? You'll, 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 do, you'll do well on an island, maybe? Oh, my goodness. Not so well there. <laughs> There's the maybe, anyway. Oh, boy. Anyway, uh, Dell tells Marty he doesn't want to kill Wendy in front of the kids. So he starts asking when the kids go to school, when they're going to be out of the house. He says, I don't want to do Wendy in front of the kids. Yeah, at least he's a gentleman about it, right? He's like, yeah, listen, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to kill your wife in front of your kids. So just let me know when it works best for, you know, her and I'll do it then. But we do see, I mean, I feel like Dell is treating Marty differently than he treated any of these other people. He's just giving them courtesy, like he, I guess, yeah, that is true, because he, he he didn't talk to Senior about, I mean, he must have some sort of, maybe, I mean, maybe they're not still together, but maybe both Senior and Junior, the people that own the trucking company, don't have wives or anything, but surely, I mean, maybe they do. Uh, I feel like they, there's more likely they do than they don't. Uh, I guess we know that Bruce had Liz. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're definitely right. He, he gives he gives Marty more time of day than he did uh, the other three. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Marty tries tries to use that to save his own life by pitching that he move his family to the Ozarks 
And he says, I will just wash money. I'll wash money. I'll, he, said, he says he'll launder $500 million in five years. He says, because the population explodes with tourists in the summer and they're cash rich. No DEA, no FBI, no ATF, no CIA, no bribes. Or, oh, and, and then this is, this is the really enticing part. If, you, if we do it this way, you don't have to bribe judges and police officers. You don't have to pay anybody off. It's pure cash washing without the middleman siphoning anything off. Mm-hmm. And Dell is ready to kill him. Marty's life flashes before his eyes, literally. Like he, he's under the trampoline, and Jonah and Charlotte are, are bouncing on it. And That's so weird. Oh, so why didn't they chose that shot? Well, the trampoline... I mean, we should pay attention to the trampoline because the trampoline is prevalent throughout the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, they, they chose the shot, I'm sure, because it's... You know, Marty's the happiest Marty memory Marty can muster at this moment of his death. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. That was that was the happiest day of his life when he was under that trampoline and he could barely see his family, and it was you know, just became very happy. And they finally gave him some water. Oh boy. <laughs> Did you have a different take on why they used this? No, no, no. I was curious if you had. A take. I, I, I'm curious too uh, why they did. Yeah. Like. Okay. Dell decides he's going to give him 48 hours to get him to get him the $8 million in cash that Hanson and Bruce stole from him. Okay, mm-hmm. so Marty's got, I, I mean, I certainly could not come up with $8 million in, in 48 hours. My question, if you can come up with $8 million in 48 hours, like, that's enough, I feel like, if you live in Chicago to retire off of. Yeah, even at his age. Now, I obviously I don't know his cost of life, but by the way, he drives like a ten-year-old Camry, and so on and so forth. Well, yeah. I, mean, I guess he must have he must have goals, but we. But I, I think this is an explanation behind his, the way, you know, he lives his life. Yeah. Right. Like how he uh, how and how he his relationship with money. He doesn't feel yeah. like money brings you happiness or anything. Money is just a measure. Mm-hmm. Of um how you are and the choices you've made well it turns out it's a good thing that he does have access he does have access to this eight million dollars because he needs to give it to Dell within 48 hours or he's going to die Oof. so that that frugality and sacrifice is paying off now but and then Dell says i'll give you another 48 hours to get to the ozarks he says i want us up and running within a week fair enough that is, is that fair enough? <laughs> you're a kind man. That, that's what you say to Dell. You go, you're a kind man, Dell. Yeah. And you know what? I've always thought you were a handsome feller too. <laughs> Thank you very much. You know, you're always my favorite. Yeah. How awesome is Dell, by the way? Dell's a great character. Oh, such a good he character. He reminds me of um Tuco, but less like uncontrollable crazy. Oh, see, he reminds me so much more of Gus Fring than Tuco. Oh, actually, that's a good point, Gus Fring, yeah. yeah. Oh, you're right. He is a lot more like Gus Fring. Yeah. He is a lot like Gus Fring. Yep. So, yeah, this, this for those of you, we're, we're talking about Breaking Bad, by the way. He's a Gus Fring, but he just doesn't hide it. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
but he's so he's just he's really cool and it's like yeah no offense this is just business this is you know i gotta be yeah this. he's like a nice guy like, but listen you mess with me i'll kill you and your entire family <laughs> anyway though you're a good guy marty yeah by the way i i should have mentioned earlier that marty tells dell that wendy knows nothing about what he does he does and i believed yeah. him you believe him I, when you first watched him i sure did believe him okay yeah that's marty Yep. So the next scene, though, is him talking to Wendy about this. Yeah. So I, when I first saw this, I was like, "Wait." So he he told her, and but by the way she was speaking, I was like, "No, wait." He doesn't sound that surprised about him working with the cartel. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Hold up." Yeah. I think Marty lied. Uh, yes, I think he did. <laughs> so she wants to go to the police, Marty. This is absolutely not. No way. There's no way that works out for us. Uh, and Marty lays out the time and money management plan, which I thought was pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah he's, he's got it planned out. Yeah, he's here, here's what I'm going to do. This is what you're going to do. This is the time you have to do it. Let's go. So, yeah, let's get going. Make sure you get those three <laughs> moving company estimates. Money's going to be tight. <laughs> yep, exactly. And, of course, this whole time we know that she cheated on him and he found out. Yeah. But he's got to set that aside and, and move on. So the next morning, Charlotte is pissed that they have to move. I mean, you know, she, she's 15. Like, this is going to happen. A 15-year-old is going to be upset about moving to a yeah, different state. Understandably. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But she's upset. Uh, Marty is liquidating all of his assets. Uh, calling the banks, telling them he's coming in to, to withdraw all his money. Uh, and while he's doing that, oh, he dismisses the the uh, receptionist at his office. Oh, my, yeah. When, when he, he does that, what a jerk move, Mark. Oh, yeah. Yeah, th thanks. Uh, this company's been dissolved. doesn't exist anymore. Right. You did great. <clears throat> yeah. Great till the end. Yeah. This like, is a little bit little different than the way Saul treats um, Francesca. Yeah. I think uh, it was a bit of a different relationship between the two. Saul's just a way different guy in general. Yeah, not yeah. even talking to him. Hey, listen, I'm sorry. I guess listen, I, I guess I gotta give Marty I, he was a jerk about it, but I guess he's also super stressed out about trying to get this money. For and sure. not dying to death, so I, I guess I'll give him a bit of a pass, but yeah. I mean, I don't know. We've got 48 hours. That's that's not a lot of time. Yeah, I can't waste this time breaking the news nicely. I gotta yep. just rip the bandage. Yeah, sorry. But it's all. Yep. Uh, while Marty is doing this, though, Wendy isn't getting estimates from the moving company. She is visiting Mr. Sugarwood, Mr. Gary Silverberg. Yes. This is this is the guy the guy from the video. Mm -hmm. This is this is the man. Uh, Wendy's having an affair with, and he she's uh, we haven't seen her do it, but it appears she spilt all the beans to a uh, Gary here. Yeah, and I I like the way they do this because they're they go back and forth between Wendy and Gary, and Marty and the PI. Mm -hmm. Right, and we're learning about Wendy from both ends, basically. If the PI fills Marty in on everything he knows about. Sugarwood, as 
uh, Wendy calls him her, her pet name for him. But Gary Sugarwood convinces Wendy to take as much money as she can and get out. Yeah, because the government will uh, freeze your assets once they find out. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, Marty asks the private investigator about disappearing and finds out about Wendy's withdrawals at the same time. So he's, he's talking to the guy about disappearing because the thought has crossed his mind to stiff Dell on all of this and just get out. Mm-hmm. Change his identity. Uh, the PI says, well, you don't need to change your identity. If you're running from the law, you just go play someplace where they can't extradite you. That's not what Marty's running from. Yeah. He's running, he's running from Dell. And so while he's talking about this, having this conversation with him, he gets a notification that Wendy has withdrawn all kinds of money from their accounts. Now, I also want to say, I feel like oh, she took about like 30000 She had a check for about 30000 mm-hmm. something. I feel like that's a pittance compared to the amount he needs. That's how I felt at the time, like, but come on. But I guess he did need almost every cent because he was. Yeah. Let's start at the end, but I'm like, ah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. So Marty uh, is off to Sugarwood, Sugarwood's apartment. The PI gives him his address. Uh, I do like how the PI asked him, do you have a gun? No. Good. (laughs) And then then he gave him the address. And how do you know Wendy's there? It's Thursdays. Wendy's there on Thursdays. Ouch. (laughs) Yeah, oof. That's crazy. Speaking of Wendy being there, she she arrives back at Sugarwood's place, and Dell is also there. That's Del and the boys. What? Well, how do you think? How do you think Dell got there? Like, what? So do you think they had someone following Wendy? Do you think they yeah. like, had the phones tapped or something? Yep. No, I, th- I think they had someone following Wendy. Yeah. Yeah. But Marty is just about ready to, he gets there and he is ready to fight. I mean, he, he's, he's pre scripting the whole speech. He's going to give to Wendy. Do you ever do that? Do you ever script, script out the speeches you're going to give to people? Yeah. 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 Oh, me too. All the time. (laughs) It's bad. He's, he is ready. He's, he's, he's ready to throw down, but before he gets to the building, Sugarwood hits the ground. Not running, just actually hits the ground. Oh, yeah. Much like a pancake. Yep. He is now dead. And his rage immediately leaves his body. <laughs> like, see, like, yeah. see, this is rage. He's like, oh. And he just yep. turns around, gets in his car, and you turns out of there. Yep. Uh, but Dell calls Marty and offers to take care of their Wendy problem. Well, first of all, he, he, he tells Marty he's very disappointed that he lied to him. He's like, how, he's like I, you lied to me. I, Marty did give an answer that I, I think Dell would agree with. And I think Dell does agree with it. I don't think he's disappointed at all, Mr. Sal. I think he was like, you lied to me, Marty. And Marty gave yeah. his, you know, argument. Well, what man would not lie to save his wife? And Dell kind of just leaves it there, never brings it up again. So I think Dell, I think Dell, isn't he? I don't think he's even the slightest man. He's a cool guy. I think he's not even mad that Marty lied about that. Yeah, you might be right. So he's just like, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. In fact, he's gonna he's he's offering to do Marty a favor. He says, "I can take care of our Wendy problem right now." Yeah, she's been te- cheating on you, and I'm yeah. sure you already know. Yeah, 
Yeah, so you can live the rest of your life with that over your head. Good luck. Or I can take care of it. And he says, what should my father do? And then Marty drops in. The correct answer, fire her. It's not the first time she stole from you. It's the first time you caught her. So, which is an interesting metaphor for what he probably is thinking about Wendy. This is not the first time you cheated on me. It's the first time that I've caught you. Mm-hmm. But Wendy is on pins and needles waiting for Marty's decision. <laughs> yes. I mean, his silence is pretty damning. I mean, yeah, it's deafening. Sorry, it's very scary. If someone went, it was like, well, do you want me to take care of Kurt here? And they did not immediately say no. I was like, wait, what, what do you mean? <laughs> like, what's going on here? Exactly. But he must have decided to let her go because they meet at home. Yeah. And all he says to her is, you're welcome. <laughs> and then Marty... Do you have justified you're welcome? Yeah. <laughs> So my argument to is it a justified you're welcome? Did Wendy want to join this cartel business thing, right? She wanted to go to the police, right? If mm-hmm. if she never wanted to get part of this cartel stuff and you know, Marty was like, hey, I'm, I'm doing it and he's done the kind of pushed it into this, I don't know how justified he is in the you're welcome. Don't get me wrong, Wendy's not wrong for cheating and whatnot. And, you know, what she did today, I think she, she was completely in the wrong. But the whole reason they're in this situation... If it was just Marty's choices, then, you know, the threat on her life was from, uh, basically due to Marty. Your long series of events. Okay. Yeah, I I can buy that. But if Marty, like, asked Wendy, like, hey, should I, should I do this? And Wendy said, yeah, yeah, do it. Then I, then yeah, I told you. Then I think, uh, that you're welcome is very justified then. Right, and we don't know how that we went down. We don't know. Yeah, like, it wouldn't surprise me if he asked Wendy's opinion, because it seems like, um, yeah, I mean, she already knew. I don't know. Yeah. 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 But at the same time, regardless of how that all went down, like Marty did have a choice to let her die or save her life. And he did choose to save her life. So I think probably a, a, a you're welcome is, is warranted there. Yeah. Right, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Despite the fact that he knew that she was cheating on him. Yeah. So, so anyway, but, uh, when Marty gets to the bank, this is my favorite scene. In the, in the, in the oh episode. yes, I love this scene so <laughs> much. This is I I love I loved the scene when he was calling all the his like bankers, finance, like I, I you know everyone from the banking systems to try to like uh, conglomerate all this money to pick up. Yep. And then I love this where he he comes to a just a swagger in his step right when he comes to pick it up. It's it's so interesting to see this contrast in Marty because when Marty is around Dell. He's so meek and submissive, right? I want. Uh, I mean, he's more well, meek, I but I wouldn't even here. say that. Yeah, I wouldn't say he's totally meek and submissive. He's, he's more. Yes, he's like not as he's not like how he's here. Definitely, he's not the the top dog. But yeah, but he does say to Dell, "This ruse is beneath you." So there is a, a streak of arrogance there in Marty, even around Dell. But when Dell's not around, like Marty is the alpha. Yeah, yeah. Like he he is like take charge and you're gonna to listen to me because i said so you know he knows what yeah he knows what i guess his rights and rules are right i mean yeah he displays it pretty well and he's exactly he's, he's, 
they really show that he's a smart guy throughout the entire episode, right? Just a lot of, like, little things where they show, like, oh, yeah, Marty's knowledgeable in this, Marty's knowledgeable in that. That gives him a glowing review. And here, uh, when, when he was arguing for them to uh, conglomerate all his money, he was bringing up, you know, some legal stuff. And even here, right, he kind of calls the bluff on the feds, or at least the banker saying they don't have the money. I mean, the bluff's right, just they, a lie. They yeah, they, they said they didn't have the money, but he said, well, there are two federal agents here. So if you thought there was a kidnapping involved, you'd have the money. Yeah, you wouldn't risk a hostage situation for that. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I look, I love it. He walks in, uh, you know, agents, they're like asking him, hey, you okay? And they're like, they have like a note, you know, if he's in distress, they're wanding him. And he's just like, I need this for a business opportunity. Yeah. requires cash. <laughs> and my favorite line, maybe in any show ever, if I want to put all $7,945,400 into a hot tub, get buck naked, and play Scrooge McDuck, that is 100% my business. Now, yeah. where's my money? Yeah. <laughs> I, do, you, do you get that reference, Scrooge McDuck? I, where he jumps into the money? Yeah, yeah. It, yes, yes, I know that. Yeah, oh, is, it a, is it is gold coins, though? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's called DuckTales. Yes, DuckTales. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in the intro, you know, Scrooge McDuck has a, basically a swimming indoor swimming pool filled with money, uh, and this this line just killed me. I love this, but but they do give him the money. Uh, he, he also threatened to run on the banks as well. <laughs> oh yes, he did. Yep, he said I'll go into the lobby and tell everyone that I can't get my money, and we'll have a good old fashioned run on this bank. <laughs> oh man. Good stuff. I mean, really, like this is resourceful. This is this is smart, just smart stuff. But anything else you want to say about the bank? Uh, no. Okay. So he's with Dell. He's he's brought Dell the money, but he is seven thousand dollars short. He says, "Don't worry, Dell. I still haven't sold the minivan. the The blue book on the minivan is twenty seven thousand dollars, right?" Mm-hmm. Good minivan. Yeah. Yeah. He says, well, Dell says, don't sell the minivan. He says, uh, I'll buy the minivan from you for $27,000 and lease it back to you for for $1,000 a month. Outrageous lease, but okay. <laughs> it's good. Best, best minivan in the, in the, on the market, right? Yeah, fair enough. Thank you, Dell. You're a kind soul. Yeah. But he then I, tells me... Well, I'm, yeah. sorry, I'm just curious to if uh, Marty, like later in the series, is honoring this thousand dollars a month. That's that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> huh. but, uh, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Anyway, but he then tells Marty to take the remaining money to the Ozarks and clean it, which is very confusing for Marty because that's already clean money. That he just pulled that out of the bank. That's his money. Yeah, it's clean. That's clean. Yeah. Yeah, but. That's not really the point, says Dell. Dell Del needs to see that he can do it. So he's gonna he's gonna give him all seven million nine hundred and what was it seven hundred nine hundred seven million nine hundred forty. Well, also, he got from the bank. It's supposed to be. It, oh, right. It's seven k short, so he probably got money elsewhere. Seven, seven million nine hundred ninety three thousand dollars, yeah. whatever. You, I want, I want you to go clean that. Okay, and so. He tells Marty, Dell tells Marty that he's torn between being intrigued by this and thinking it's all BS. He says, but I'm willing to roll the dice because you're special. You have a gift. So again, Dell is reinforcing this idea that 
Marty is really good at money laundering. Yeah, he's probably uh, Marty's a smart guy. <laughs> that's that grabs him. He's good at what he does. Mm-hmm. Money. <laughs> so there must be some value to having Marty around. Otherwise, he'd be dead already. Yeah. Several times over. If he was not useful, then he's just a liability. Yep. But it turns out Marty was right. Dell was fishing. Uh, I love not... his part. Oh. Yeah, he did not know that he that anybody stole any money from him, uh, and he killed Liz anyhow, and not on a hunch. He says, but on a tell. Like Bruce tipped his hand because he says, <laughs> "Bruce, have you ever heard him keep his mouth shut?" <laughs> but he did. He said very little in that meeting. And he did. He was very quiet. Very. He was meager. I would call that. Yeah. Yes, and so that was the tell, and it turned out to be right. So the penultimate scene we get is back in that office they were they were going to buy. The federal there are federal agents there. They are installing and then uninstalling bugs at the behest of one agent Petty. Okay, I don't know if they actually say his name here, but his name is Agent Petty. Yeah, they do say Petty. Uh, okay. They don't say any other agent's name. Just Petty. But uh, where were these bugs? I think they were putting them in, thinking that they were going to buy that. Marty and Bruce were going to buy this office because turns out Bruce was an informant for Agent Petty. So Bruce yeah. was not only stealing from Dell, but also ready to turn on him. And Bruce had his fingers on all three sides, right? He's he's working for Dell. He's he's frying out Dell. He's also ratting out Dell. Yes. Oh, this is, he was not. These are bad choices. I mean, I don't think the government would want to hear you say that, Mister Sal. I'm sure the government likes having rats. Like, uh... no, I, I'm just talking about all of Bruce. Like, Bruce just <laughs> makes bad choices. Like, don't get into business with the cartel in the first place. If you're going to, you don't steal from them and simultaneously turn on them. I mean, listen, there's, there's a universe where this all works out. He's able to get the cartel in trouble. He gets, like, immunity or something, and he gets to keep the money he stole. Okay. This is not that universe. This is sadly not this. Yeah, this is the universe where he, uh, he just he dead. Yeah. But... They are uninstalling the bugs that they had just put in because Agent Petty tells them to. Agent Petty wants to know, where's Marty Bird? Well, Marty Bird is on the way to the Ozarks. And Marty is uh, pulls over. Everybody's sleeping in the car. He, he pulls over, says he needs to you know use the tree, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but when he gets to into the woods a little bit, a little bit away from the car, he just breaks down crying. Like he, he does. He, this is the most vulnerable we've seen Marty throughout the whole episode. And now this is my question. When I first saw this uh, episode, he goes, he says, "I'm sorry." No, I'm so sorry. As he's crying, why do you think he's saying that? He says that to nobody, right? Yeah, there's. I mean, yeah, there's no one around. Yeah, he doesn't say name. Why do you think he says that? I think he's just apologetic. I thought so. Here's what I thought when I first seen this. Now, I like I said, I don't think he actually was part of uh, the senior, junior, and Bruce's, you know, 
little scam on Dell. But when he said, I'm sorry, like, I'm so sorry, I was like, wait, is he sorry to, like, Bruce? Like, was he actually in on it? And Bruce kind of helped save him by saying, you know, by like, did Bruce, did Bruce understand what was going on and apologize to Marty, saying Marty was never part of it? Kind of trying to help save Marty's life? Hmm. Like, lying, and then Marty just went along with it. Like, was Marty actually part of it now? Having yeah, I don't I don't know I don't really think that's the case because this is really like the only glimpse into that. Yeah, I mean, I I always just took that to be he he's sorry to his family for forcing them for putting them in harm's way. Yeah, yeah, I and I think that that's a uh, probably what they mean too. Like, I think that's actually I'm I'm very certain that's what they mean. But that's just how I took it when I first saw this. I was like, wait, okay, did did Marty actually hold up? Because then what it broke down to me, Mister Sal was. Wouldn't that money be dirty? But I was like, oh. anyway, I, I went a lot back and forth on it the first time I'd seen it. But oh, interesting. I I spoken to other people about it, and everyone else, yeah, he's in that way of like he's either like oh, he's sorry to Bruce is you know dying, or he's sorry to his family, like his kids, or he's you know, so yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right. Well, but it's first show of emotion, really. Yeah, it really is, and, and he, as he, yeah. Right, but when he sees the Lake of the Ozarks, everything kind of melts away, and his family joins him, and they they're overlooking the Lake of the Ozarks on this cliff. Now, the Lake of the Ozarks they kept they've said it multiple times. So it has more more shoreline the entire coast than the entire coast of California, which which if you ever see have you ever seen an overhead shot of the Lake of the Ozarks? No, I never have. Oh man, it is something to behold. It has so many like tendrils sticking out. It's not just like a smooth lake shore. Okay, it it's big on its own, but it has oh. all these little fingers that stick out, and that's where all the shore comes from. Is this a lake or a river? This is just the lake. It's, it's a huge lake. It looks like a river. Like if I only saw it, I'd be like, "That's a river," but no, okay, it's a lake. Next yeah. up, yeah, I saw the tendrils. You mean though? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, and as the family is is on this cliff overlooking the Lake of the Ozarks, uh, the the closing credits start. It's it's a Radiohead song called "Dex Dark." Have you ever heard the song before? No. Okay, uh, just one of the lines stuck out to me, and I thought that it was a nice summary of 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 what we're what we just saw, and a little foreshadowing of what's to come. And into your life, there comes a darkness, and there's nowhere to hide. So. Love it. Nine out of ten. Great, great pilot. One of my all-time favorite pilots, right? Yeah, it's Actually, terrific. It, it's a great pilot. They, this this is a pilot that's just done right. Especially, and I, I have to trust this enough for a show that has like no other legs to stand on. Right? This is the first time we're seeing these characters ever. Yep. So, I, I think they did a wonderful job. They definitely did. And they they do go all in on Marty in this episode. Like you're you we feel after one episode like we know Marty pretty well. Mm -hmm. So it, it's awesome. Anything else you want to say before we do our what we usually do at the end of an episode? Uh no. I'm very excited for Mr. Sal, what time is it? TV time. TV time, yay! TV time is an app that I use to track all of my 
television and movie viewing. I, I really only use it for television though. Uh, but what it, it's a great app folks. It, I mean, it, you keep track of all the episodes of TV that you watch. Um, and what, where it really comes in handy is two places. If you are watching a, ser a series and you get distracted by other things, and you, you forget uh, where you left off, it'll tell you exactly where you left off. But then it also keeps you filled in on series that you watch when they're returning. So for example, right now, if I go to my shows uh, and I click on upcoming, it tells me that, oh, American Gods premieres in 12 days. I actually forgot about that. I, I might need to <laughs> subscribe to stars. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so that, so that's, that's one of the other really nice things about it. Um, but when you check off an episode as having viewed it, uh, you are given some rating options. You can rate it uh, on a scale from one to five. So it's a, it's a star rating system. So one star, two stars, three stars, four stars, and five stars. You, you can ask you, how did you feel watching it? And they give you eight possible emotions to uh, register. Happy, confused, sad, scared, frustrated, shocked, excited, and bored. And it asks you what, who your favorite character was in the episode. Okay, so this is, this is the way we end every episode of Show Hoppers. Uh, with the TV time check-in. So, what do you want to know first, Kurt? Uh, rating is going to be 5 out of 5. For me or for the general public? For you and for the general public. For me, I definitely rated it 5 out of 5. Uh, the general public, 37% said 5 out of 5. 49% said 4 out of 5. Criminal. It is. That's it criminal. Is. That's criminal. Yep. I haven't yep. seen robbery so high. This is almost as bad as Sawyer in these. So criminal. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's a lost reference. You should watch Lost Podcast, especially the more recent episodes, if you want to understand that reference. But I'm sure you might be able to surmise that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, uh, as far as the emotions go, I I tell I've told you before that almost every time, uh, excited is either number one or two. Uh, and shocked is usually the other one. <laughs> so excited, shocked. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Excited, forty-five percent. Shocked, thirty-seven percent. I, I did check both of those, um, and I also checked scared. Scared <laughs> is a reasonable one. Yeah, and that was four uh, really? percent. But the, the next most uh, uh, checked emotion after excited and shocked was six percent for confused, which. I don't understand. What are you I don't understand how you're confused. What are you confused about? <laughs> what, are you, what are you confused about? I mean, if you weren't paying attention, maybe you're confused. Like, if you didn't notice the one scene where they reveal that that video is of um, Wendy cheating on her, then that video might seem a little weird. Yeah, and that's a bit confusing. <laughs> or if you don't understand how he got the money, or I just... Or if you didn't understand the whole, like, money laundering concept of what was going on. Yeah, uh, maybe the thing, or if you'd understand the the fishing thing, but I I feel like this is all I I don't know how you're confused actually. I don't think there's disappointed. Yeah, <laughs> is it the I emotion mean... I would put to that now? <laughs> Pointed. And as far as characters go, I mean, this was such a Marty centric episode. I mean, if it's not Marty, I'll be shocked. 
Yeah, 91% Marty. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Well, who's second? Wendy, maybe? And that was, is, Marty is also who I selected, by the way. Okay, uh, second is is the more interesting question, because there are... It's Wendy or Dell, I feel like. You're right, it is Wendy or Dell. And I feel like... So... I'm going to go with Dell. It is Dell. Oh, fair enough. What percent? Six percent. Fair enough. You know, I can understand. I could understand if, people, if we had already seen Marty's a character. And this is a few episodes in, and Dell's like this new character introduced. Yeah. Or seeing this, but this is also the first time we see Marty. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I would agree. Dell, Dell's definitely the second place there. I, I I totally agree. I mean, I, it's it's easy for us to think maybe Wendy because we know where the series is going. Yeah. Well, I was wondering if that's why people did that. If people were like, oh well. Yeah, but no, the Dell is number two, six percent. Reasonable second. Yeah, uh, good, good work, TV time. Uh, your rating, the criminal and the confused, also kind of actually not that great. I take that back. I take back my compliment. <laughs> so good job, job. Monday, I guess. <laughs> but. Yeah. All right, so folks, that concludes the spoiler-free section of the podcast. We will be back next week to talk about episode two, Blue Cat. Oh, uh, yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Oh, we should say. Oh. Hopefully, you didn't leave yet. They might have already left. <laughs> I hope they didn't. Uh, you can feel free, feel free to email us at showhopperspodcast at gmail.com. And we certainly would appreciate subscriptions and five star ratings as well. Uh, and most of all, recommendations to others. Yeah. Yeah. Always okay. appreciated. Anyway, yes, you, you may go that, now. That concludes the spoiler free section. <laughs> All right, Kurt, you ready to get spoilery? Yep, I'm ready. I think what we'll do, I'll, I'll go through what I identified that, that I wanted to just drop into the spoiler section here. And then if there's anything else that you wanted to drop in, uh, I, I have really nothing to drop in. In terms oh. of the spoiler section, I I was think I I could not think of anything that was without getting super in depth. Uh, the only thing I could think of is the the first scene they show. I'm just showing, you know, I believe he does. I, I don't know if he does that. I believe he does that next episode. Okay, uh, but okay. So a few things that I, I I did. There were a few things that I did want to talk about, though. Right. Um, so first of all. The, his relationship with Dell, uh, you know, and, and I think we struggled right at the end there to avoid saying that Wendy know, knew about this from the beginning. Yeah. Right. She did. Right. I believe she did. She was, I mean, she was right there in the hotel when Marty met with Dell and, and Marty went right back and told her about it. I'm pretty yes, sure. Yes, 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 yes. You're right. Yeah. Yep. I remember that scene. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah that's true that so uh what's it so yeah wendy wendy's been with it the whole time yep and i'm it's interesting to see like so she does get much more important role next se- like se- next season and then season oh, three yeah. i mean you argue she is the main character and i i i We'll see if I believe that still after. Which is fine. I, I I would definitely say she's the co-main character. Like I think she's equally yeah. as much as Marty. Okay. Uh, but definitely, yeah, it definitely becomes much more of her own character. But here, it definitely she definitely is much more uh, 
timid. She's much more, you know, weakly. Compared to, they talk about how this is the Breaking Bad story of Wendy. That's what a lot of people say on Ozark, right? Oh, absolutely. And uh, you see right here, Wendy, other than knowing the fact, like, other than Marty telling her what he does, she's not, she's not hard as nails like Marty. Marty seems very, you know, alpha dogish, right? He's He takes what he wants. Wendy doesn't seem that way uh, from that perspective. She's, she seems like a pretty normal, typical person, mother figure, whatever you want to say. So... To what she becomes, like a shrewd, um, little finger-like character. Oh yeah, very, very excited for that. <laughs> I, mean, I, I'm excited to see her change. Especially I want to see in season one. I'm more curious to see how much of that is shown in season one. Um, I think there uh, maybe a little bit at the end, but I think most of most of that comes in season two. Yeah, because a lot, a lot of season one is Ruth, Ruth's whole family. Yep. Uh, the the Lamin. Yeah. I can't say it. Uh, L- Langmores. Langmores. There we are. Okay. Langmores, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm already trying to start up with the, the blue cat. Which next episode's blue cat? <laughs> yeah, I, and I do think that uh, that Wendy uh, and Marty, their their story is primarily just trying to get past this affair thing. And, yeah, and right so- now they're trying to get past mm-hmm. the farewell. I mean, all this other stuff's going on and the yeah, breach but- of trust. Because not only did she do an affair, she also tried to take all their money and basically run. So. <laughs> right. And I had um, forgotten that Marty spared Wendy. Because when you think about where this goes from here, mm-hmm. I think Marty could have probably been pretty okay if he hadn't spared Wendy. I, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I don't. I. Uh, yeah, I, I guess the only the only thing that would be worse is, uh, the trust he has with his children, right? Because we know yeah. at some point here in season one, uh, they reveal to the kids, right? They they learn, yeah. uh, the the affairs that <laughs> the family's involved in primarily, uh, Marty. Uh, yeah. if if she disappeared and she still had to move away, I mean. His kids wouldn't trust him, even if he revealed the truth. Like, well, they literally killed our mother, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Kids aside, yeah, I think he would be fine. But I wonder. And that maybe, and you know what? I wonder. Marty's very like, I, I, he's almost uh, sociopathic in the way he thinks, right? Like his logic and yeah. things, right? Like he. You're right. I, he was thinking about kind of blindsiding Dell when he's talking to the PI, right? And he yep. probably figured, okay, it's not, the, the odds aren't in my favor here. I'm going to stick, and I'll just have to stick it out of Nozark. And we even know he, he eventually tries to make a run at the end of season two. Yes, he does. So, And, and, and don't, doesn't that uh, PI come back mm-hmm. into play? Yeah, but that's because he, he decides, you know what, I'm going to try to make it. Because now, now, now that his whole family... Is in on it because one reason he didn't want to run away, so he wanted to change identities. The PI warns him not to change identities because uh, it takes one slip up, right? Like one lemon drop, I think yeah. he said, or you know, the, or your kids tell something. And fair yeah. enough, right? Because the kids, how, how would he break it to his kids? He can't do that. Yeah, he probably feels in that moment. But yeah. since the kids already know, and I mean, think a lot. Obviously, a lot of things happen, and he's probably stressed about all this other stuff, and uh, just there's so much stuff going on. But anyway, yeah, he plans to run away. And I mean, actually, Wendy's the one that stops it. 
Yeah. So that well, that's what I mean when I say, had he not spared her, he might have gotten away. I I so I think he would if you can if you say that the kids still act the same way. That's Cause, true. Because because I think Wendy's pivotal, and I think so. Back, I I lost my point. I I'll go back to it on. He's almost sociopathic in the way, like you know, he's, he's calculated. He seldomly does emotion, right? He's very, you know, he, this is the best, so I'll do it. Um, yep. I feel like the reason he kept Wendy alive was this will wreck my relationship with my kids, right? And it'll be much harder to manage my kids if I don't have Wendy. Yeah, especially with this big, you know, move that he's trying to do, right? The the stresses of this, along with going, oh yeah, and also, uh, Wendy's not coming with us, and he can never talk to her again. What is he gonna say? Is he gonna say she died, or is he gonna have to make something up? Is he gonna like, you know? So, I that's how I always feel about that choice. Actually, I felt like Marty made that choice because he felt that that was his best choice, not because he even likes Wendy that much, but because his kids. Yeah, he makes that choice of necessity. All right, yeah, I could buy that. All right, that's interesting. Um, I want to talk. I do want to talk a little bit more about Dell's relationship with Marty, though, because I'm just remembering that first scene between them in the hotel, and how impressed Dell was with him then. I'm trying. I don't even remember that scene. I remembered it now that you told me. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, and I I think that's going to be. Is that is that even in season one? That might be in season two. Don't know. But at any rate, you know, it's it is borne out here in this episode that Dell has a higher degree of respect for Marty than anybody else he's working with in Chicago. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Uh, definitely. It's definitely yeah. yeah, definitely the case. Yeah. Um, and the the idea that Marty is the best money launderer in the world, we see that play out pretty heavily in season three when the Navarro cartel thinks that they can go without Marty potentially. Yeah. And then he flexes all over them. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So they're, they're, yeah, they're testing if they really need him. And uh, yeah, it's, it's like they have to choose between Marty and Helen. Well, I guess the birds and Helen at that point. Yeah. And they choose the birds. So, So, yeah. So the other thing that I wanted to, to, uh, to mention was um, that, it's just two little degrees of foreshadowing for for season one, by the way. So uh, we had Dell tell them that the DEA, the ATF and the FBI were circling like buzzards. And we know that Turkey vultures, which are basically buzzards uh, play a significant role in this first season, particularly with Jonah. Oh yeah. I forget. He's an obsession with them. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You're right. I forgot about that until you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah, so so that was a little bit of foreshadowing, and that they actually were the the um, the poster for Ozark season one was those turkey vultures, those buzzards. Okay. So, um, and the other thing, which I I love this, I was I was really proud of myself for catching this, and I think this is very clearly intentionally put in here. Bruce calls the Lake of the Ozarks the Redneck Riviera. I don't remember him saying that in the first episode, but okay. He, he, he did. But fair enough. He, is, that, is, that, is that a nod to the Langmores? Not the Langmores. So, uh, oh, I, I think th- this is a Darlene? big deal. Yeah, Darlene and Jacob have a big discussion. We're going to see that in episode maybe two or three. I can't remember. Uh, about the difference between a redneck and a hillbilly. You're right. And, yes. 
and they are clearly like they are vehement that they are not rednecks they are hillbillies yeah and this is what kill what gets dell killed in the end it is i he calls them rednecks i know and then darlene and darlene shoots him (laughs) so so this is man. I hope that the, the spoiler free people are not hearing this right now because that is a major spoiler. That is a major spoiler. I hope I hope they understand what a spoiler was because yeah, that's what was a very important part. Yeah, uh, but he calls them rednecks, and that's what gets him shot. And and this is Bruce calling this the redneck Riviera. So I I and this is that's a theme that kind of plays out through much of season one. This uh, redneck versus hillbilly idea. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited to see the the Langmores. Oh my god, I Ruth is one of my favorite characters on television. I love her. Yeah, so excited, so excited. And Jacob, oh my god, Ruth and Jacob. Oh, I miss Jacob. Yeah, I miss him as well. <laughs> I, I, I vaguely, ah, just, yeah, so, it's very, it's yeah. very exciting. I do like Ozark a lot. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. So. Anything else you want to say that's spoilery? I mean, well, we're already spoiling things. I could, I could tell you the season four finale ending. Oh wow, clairvoyance. <laughs> Do you? I guess I'll ask you now. So I'm curious, right? So, uh, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, season four hasn't dropped yet. We don't know anything about it, so all this is just speculation. Do you think this? Uh, series and but they've also released that this will be the final season. I think we'll say this is a bit longer, like it's like an extended uh, season. It's two seven episode half seasons. Okay, so fourteen. So yeah. Uh, do you think this ends in Marty or Wendy's death? And or both? Um, do you think this is the type of story where it ends like that? So I always, <laughs> I always hesitate just to answer a question like that because of Dexter, where I. I said, spoilers for Dexter, by the way, uh, where I said, this can only end one of two ways. Either he gets caught or he, get, or he dies. Mm-hmm. And it didn't. <laughs> Although they are bringing that back too. So who knows? Yeah, maybe, maybe it will. Yeah, we don't know how that actually ends. We don't know how it actually ends. I, I guess there being a Dexter season nine, I think is a kind of a, a telling of how Dexter season eight ends. Oh, anyway. Yeah, exactly. But uh, in this case, I my prediction is that one of them will die and the other will not. And that's how, how I feel too. I feel like they're going to kill one of them off. And I think, but I think the big question is which, and I'm, I'm not going to try to guess which, which one they'll try to kill off. But I do think one will die and kind of to the fault of the other. Oh, interesting. Okay. Like, you know, either they didn't play their cards right mm-hmm. or something like that. But okay. So I think that, Ozark struggles all, always with comparisons to Breaking Bad. I mean, yes. It, it, what do you mean by that, though? The, uh, the, the major criticism of Ozark, which I, I, I don't feel is warranted, but I, I know Ozark very well at this point, but I think the major criticism is that it's too much like Breaking Bad. Really? Yeah. I well, I would disagree, and you know what? I, I disagree. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's definitely got similarities, right? You're you're yeah. rooting for an antagonist figure. Um, 
But there's, I mean, there's there's so many more differences. Even even, and I'm going to like the nitty gritty of like, well, he does meth, he 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 launders money. But like, the way the way they act, right? Um, mm-hmm. I don't really, I don't really want to get into because this will get into a lot of Breaking Bad spoilers. But I'll I'll just end it there with just the way they act, right? Uh, Walter White, what drives him versus what drives Marty versus what yeah. drives then even Wendy, right? When we have like this this how I feel co lead. Uh, you even if it's just the transitioning of the torch, either way, it's a difference instead of just you know Breaking Bad is Walter White the entire. It's a story of Walter White, right? And there's other people's stories as well that are prominently displayed, but primarily the story of Walter White. And you could also say Jesse too. I mean, I, I would take the argument if you want to really rank him up more. But for all intents and purposes, story of Walter White. This though, the story of Marty and Wendy. Okay, season mm-hmm. one, fine, not so much, but definitely later on, Marty yeah. and Wendy. Um, just I mean there's so many more differences and it's not yeah like I, I, okay, I, there's a lot of differences but I don't want to I don't want to start six and that's spoilers for Breaking Bad but yeah I don't want to do that either but lots, lots of differences the reason that I brought that up is because I, I think they will want to avoid an ending that is too similar to Breaking Bad I see what you mean yeah so I, but, I, but I do still think I think that one of them will die and one of them will not I, my inclination is to think that Wendy will be the one that dies. That's that's what's gearing up to me because she's the more, um, I guess, evil one. If I had to put, you know, she's the more villainous one now, right? She's she yeah, oh, to call sure. shots, kill people off, you know, whatever it takes. Yeah. I mean, she even chose for. I mean, granted, this was with a heavy heart, but <laughs> she chose for Ben uh, to. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I, 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 I can see them killing her off. I, I do I do wonder about the kids. I, I wonder if... I don't think I, the kids will die. You don't? I, see, I, I think there's a fair chance that everybody but Marty dies. Oh, I see. So, okay, everyone but Marty dies. I don't, I, think, I, I don't think the kids will die. I don't think this has a happy ending for Marty. I don't think this will have a happy ending. I don't think this will happy. I agree. Yeah. Uh, maybe it'll be bittersweet, like some ha- some wins, some losses, but it'll definitely maybe. not be a happy ending. Yeah, I don't think it will be. You won't. It won't end and be like, okay, sweet, good for him. Yeah, everything's peaches and roses now. So. <laughs> All right, we'll talk more about this when we when we get to the uh, the end of season three. Yeah, we'll I I don't want to talk. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want to talk about the series as a whole like we did now, like every time. But it is the first episode. Yeah. Yeah, but that. I think you know we'll talk more about our predictions for season four at the end of season three. Fair enough. But anything else you want to add there, Kurt? Uh, no, I'm uh, okay. I'm good to go. I'm also good. So, folks, thank you for so very much for listening. Again, showhopperspodcast at gmail.com. We appreciate your subscriptions, sh- uh, shares, uh, re- uh, positive reviews, uh, and just we appreciate you listening in general. So, have a wonderful week and we will talk to you next week for blue cat